Welcome to the Forest Grove United Church of Christ podcast, where ancient tales and modern spirituality converge. We are thrilled to embark on a captivating journey into the realm of mythology. Mythology has always held a special place in our collective human experience, serving as a mirror to our deepest desires, fears, and aspirations. In this podcast, we explore the profound wisdom and timeless truths hidden within these ancient stories. Discover how myths can illuminate our understanding of spirituality, morality, and the human condition. Explore how they transcend time and cultural boundaries to speak to our souls, offering guidance, inspiration, and profound insights. Pastor Brandon is joined today by Michael Colvin, a master storyteller, author, and member of our spiritual community here at Forest Grove United Church of Christ. Let's listen in. Hi, Michael. How are you today? I'm good. Uh, how, are, how are things going with you? I'm doing well. I'm very excited to be talking with you today as we talk about mythology. You who are such a storyteller and writer and imaginative thinker and deeply spiritual member of our of our community. So uh, welcome uh, into this conversation. And I know you're going to enrich uh the minds of our listeners so much well i'll certainly try (laughs) we're talking about mythology today and i want to kind of introduce why we're talking about the concept of mythology oftentimes i think that people in religious communities or faith communities uh, think the term mythology is threatening. And yet, I'd like to suggest that mythology is one layer and thread that offers profundity to our religious and spiritual understanding. The Bible, for instance, is an amalgamation of hundreds of years of oral tradition that was then written down influenced by politics, history is represented in the biblical text, poetry is represented in the biblical text, and possibility, and also mythology. We would be lying if we didn't acknowledge that mythology was not a component of that. Because the Bible, it's you know, as someone who teaches about the Bible in my path, uh, I've always said that because the Bible is an amalgamation of all these influences is, is one, that is one of the reasons why it is indeed a sacred text to us. And it actually diminishes devalues and disrespects the profundity of the sacred text to reduce it to a one-dimensional interpretation or a one-dimensional meaning. Because I, I don't even like to say the term literal because love your neighbor, that's something we can take literally. God is love, that's something we can take literally. Uh, so I prefer to say, you know, it's dangerous to pick up the Bible and not acknowledge that it has all these different 
influences that suggest multiple layers and dimensions of meaning. And the aspect of mythology adds to that dynamism that I'm that I'm talking about. And for our conversation, I want to offer a definition of uh, a myth or what a myth is that I actually learned from our our conference minister in the Central Pacific Conference of the United Church of Christ, Reverend Tyler Connolly, when he came to preach as a guest preacher at our church last year, he shared that a myth is a story whose truth is not dependent on its facts. And oftentimes I think we talk about the articles of faith and or stories from scripture I think in mainstream institutional Christianity, oftentimes the articles of faith and the scripture is not really engaged with uh, an eye that looks for that deeper meaning. And so I think when we remember that a myth is a story whose truth is not dependent on its facts, we're looking for the deeper meaning as it pertains to how we live our lives. And also it invites accountability to how we are trying to grow spiritually, what the stories and what the wisdom of the text means for for our lives in the everyday. So what do you think about all that? That's how I wanted to sort of explain why we are talking about mythology today. And uh, what do you think about that definition of a myth? Why, uh, why talk about mythology and the importance of the myth in our and 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 how in terms of how it what it means for our lives what it can offer our spiritual lives i think it's very interesting that you uh bring it up this way i would agree with tyler conley's uh, uh definition that uh uh, a myth is uh, a truth that's not necessarily based in fact and that hasn't always been a problem for humankind. Uh, I think it's only been since the Age of Enlightenment, say, the early 16th century, when we switched from being uh, uh, cultures that relied largely on oral tradition and oral storytelling to uh, a more left-brain analytical way of looking at the world, that we began to question whether myth was real, whether uh, there's this idea of reality and fact on one side and truth on the other. And uh, what we've left out of a lot of our understanding of myth is the idea that it is it is true. It's, it's, it is the stuff that our right brain uses to connect with the world around it. And it's very much culturally based. Each culture has its own myths. And by culture, I don't mean just larger cultures like Native American culture or uh, Roman culture or Jewish culture or Arab culture or American culture, but um, the subcultures within those cultures also have their own myths or stories that explain 
who they are as a group, uh, what makes us who we are. And so if we develop stories as a congregation about who we are, uh, those stories, uh, though they may be based in fact, over time will change. But the essence of the story remains the same and is the truth for our group. Uh, so that, that, that's kind of the way I, I believe that uh, uh, Joseph Campbell, the great uh, mythologist of our time, really looked at mythology and understood what what it was from that standpoint so absolutely um uh, joseph campbell was one of my major inspirations as a kid actually i i i, I grew up on watching the power of myth his interviews with uh, bill moyers and those that's a a really engaging series he talks about the the meaning of Joseph Campbell's life's work, of course, was writing about the meaning of myth for our and mythology for our lives in terms of helping us. Joseph Campbell's writing and work points to how a myth po points to our experience that transcends our egoic experience. Exactly. Yeah. It, it it's a story that articulates our connection to the whole, to the collective, the greater story of all of us together. And I also think that a myth uh, provides archetypes and metaphors for life lessons and for qualities of being that are larger than life, larger than our small egoic self, and yet within us. So the, the archetypes and metaphors we discover in myth and mythology speak to our potential and our deepest yearnings. And I think that um, perhaps in this moment in time in our culture, there where there is so much uh, dualistic thinking and literal mindedness, we are starved for, for myth. We're starved for mythology, a language that articulates uh, our interdependence and inspires this greater journey uh, and offers a sense of transcendent meaning. Uh, I feel like I often, when I'm when I'm teaching about the Bible or faith language, and I think faith language and myth are related. It's I, I refer to it as language of the heart. Mm -hmm. Empirical knowledge has its place, but also so does so does the imagination. Exactly. And we we need that. We we need to have language of the heart that that actually goes beyond that the rigidity of 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 literal well what I what I said, literal mindedness, dualistic thinking, uh, you know, the egoic operating system. <laughs> I think we're in the process always in culture of re reframing what the myths are that we're following. And so cultural influences that come into the wider culture 
become added to the story of who we are. And a lot of that in this day and age uh, is done through mass media, uh, television and uh, film uh, give us stories. Uh, and myth is always, of course, based on stories. It's the sort of thing that people uh, back in Iron Age and Stone Age times would uh, gather around the, the fire to hear uh, about who their gods were and who their favorite warriors were in the field. And those were the things that created within them a sense of who they were as a group of people. I think there are uh, there are myths that help to establish who we are as a people uh, much better than uh, some some myths are better than others in doing that. The ones that focus upon how we are as a group of people really uh, and, and represents the values of a whole group of people uh, really are uh, much more powerful than those that are stories about people who go it alone. Not that those those stories have no influence on, on the culture at all, but I, I think historically speaking, uh, myth has been something that applies to a much wider group of people. We can, we can begin to see some changes in our mythology in this day and age in some ways. And uh, as, we, as we become more diversified, uh, racially, ethnically, uh, as we be, as we come to know more and more about those things, our stories include those people in ways that uh, haven't been happening in the past because we had no awareness of who who those folks were in our culture, and so that makes makes mythology incredibly powerful. Those are those are cultural influences now that are here. We we talked about how myth has the potential to help us go beyond our ego to a sense of and, and understand our connection and our and the deeper meaning of our our lives. Um, Joseph Campbell talks about that uh, sort of a main archetype that we see uh, throughout many different systems of mythology as being the archetype of the hero and the hero's adventure. There's a beautiful uh, quote about that archetype where Joseph Campbell said, uh, We've, we don't have to risk the adventure, it could be any adventure, the adventure of life. We don't have to risk the adventure alone. Uh, the heroes of all time have gone before us. The labyrinth is thoroughly known. We've only to follow the thread of the hero path and where we had thought to find an abomination, we shall find a god. Where we had thought to slay another, we shall slay ourselves. Where we had thought to travel outward, we shall come to the center of our own existence. And where we had thought to be alone, we shall be with all the world. And I think that that encapsulates what a myth can do in terms of help, helping us transcend the ego and have this deeper sense of 
greater relatedness with all life and with all our relations, all uh, all living things. But a myth can also build up the ego and create this sense of separateness and superiority. Mm-hmm. I think there are helpful myths and there are harmful myths. Exactly. Like, you know, for instance, a few of the harmful myths that are in the the DNA of our wounded society is, you know, the the myth of manifest destiny, the myth of civilization versus savagery, and hopefully the ongoing reckoning that the culture is undergoing right now, the dominant under culture is undergoing right now, is accountability to the ways our government structures are tied and bound and intertwined with that mythology. Yeah, they and- haven't they haven't kept up with the changes that have uh, been occurring around them since the beginning. Uh, those those dominant themes have kept things the same, and I think that's that's largely what many people. Uh, see culture as being it's something that is is always the same it becomes kind of like the bible it's always the same it it doesn't change and so therefore if we have other things happening around us we're just going to keep doubling down on who we think we are and i think people feel wounded yes by those myths and by those myths going unchecked. And that's why I find it profoundly interesting how in our times we see so many people reaching for a mythos, a mythological language, reaching for archetypes that express the sacredness of the feminine, the sacredness of nature, the sacredness of our ancestors, myths, mythology, and archetypes that point to our interdependence, our interrelatedness, rather than, you know, these top-down systems of superiority of one group over another. And and in the model that we've known, that has been, you know, white men at the top. And so... Mm -hmm. I've, I notice people reaching for those archetypes and those and a deeper mythology that could give us collective meaning for our time. How do we heal the wounds that these harmful myths have created? And also, what do you think, what would a meaningful myth for our time and place be? What would it look like? Thank you for joining us today in our enlightening discussion on mythology. As we conclude, we invite you to ponder the thought-provoking question posed by Pastor Brendan. What myths could heal our world today? We value your insights and would love to hear your perspective. Drop us an email at podcast at fgucc.org. Stay connected with us beyond this episode. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok to receive updates and other church-related news. If you enjoyed today's episode, we kindly ask you to support our podcast by subscribing, rating, and sharing it with others who may find it equally fascinating. Your continued support allows us to explore spirituality and its relevance in our modern world. Until next time, 
keep exploring the depths of your own spiritual journey. And remember, the stories we tell shape the world we live in.